should be good. That should that should be nice. Is yours good? Yeah, I think so. I'm sorry. I can hear yours. It sounds good. How about mine? Yours sounds lovely, okay. as always. Thank you. You got a voice for radio. <laughs> Not a face for it. That's was, a different saying. I was like, that's a that's, <laughs> that's almost a slur. That's it. And I, it is. It is a slur. <laughs> it's fighting words. Shots been fired. My mum, my mum and her, she, she was using the phrase "poofteenth," and I was like, "We're not using that." I beg your pardon. <laughs> Need more about that. She was like, "It's like, like a very small amount, a poofteenth," and I was like, "No, <laughs> no, it isn't." We're not, we're not saying that out loud ever. No, that's a that's a coming out party when you're sixteen. <laughs> Okay, we better say hello because we're already doing good content. Oh, whoops. Well, hello. Welcome to this report back. I'm Tom. <laughs> You're Tom on very little sleep. I'm Zoe on a nice 10 hours. Yeah, jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it is late in the term. We are tired and delirious and we've just been to see a film. It, yeah. And due to that, it's also like quite late in the afternoon. So. It is. And you have evening plans. So I do. I have the like... I don't know, the war and peace of plans for the last 24 hours. <laughs> I I was stressed on your behalf. Could you tell? Yeah. Well, you, you just sent it in a message. Oh, I just said it out loud. In you, my brain, I was like, he could just cancel. I'll go to the movie alone. Like, it's fine. What you said, like you, you listed all my activities in yes, a 24 hour period. <laughs> yeah. Back to me, just in case I didn't know what they were. <laughs> like, just to check that I really was on board and affirmatively consenting to them. <laughs> and then said... I, oh no, what did you say? I don't know. You just said, I'm really worried about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried for you. <laughs> yeah. Pray. Like one like it was one prayer, please. And you, you were like, it's fine. I can do it. And I was like, at what cost? <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> well, anyway, I think you're doing remarkably well. I think so too. I didn't even go to sleep in the film. I thought you had for a minute when you sort of like curled up on your side. and I, I was just cold. And you stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead giveaway that I might be napping if I just stop talking in the movie. It's the only, but do you know what? It's not always accurate because I also sleep talk oh, and sleep laugh. You could be sleep reacting to the movie. Yeah, like and you'd never know. Okay, well we've been to see a movie. Uh, can you guess what it is by Tom doing this song? Poor unfortunate souls. I was thinking under the sea, but I'm really glad you went for Ursula because it makes more sense. Oh, I told you. I really love the villains. In the I know. Film. You you <laughs> wanted to be Ursula. Yeah. I really relate to her. Actually, in the drive from your Westfield, mm. yeah, because Zoe and I were in separate cars, mm. um, I was behind you the whole way. And I know. I, was... I saw you singing. <laughs> yeah. In was... the rear view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I... I was doing that number. I thought you were doing some sort of like ballad. <laughs> No, 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 no. I was doing Poor Unfortunate Souls, but the Melissa McCarthy version. Do you remember when we went to the drag show and there was um, the drag rendition? Same more things. Oh, we went to the drag show. Not drag show, sorry. We went to the burlesque. Oh, and the burlesque performer. At the winery? At the winery. Yeah. The burlesque okay. performer um, did an Ursula number and you lost it. Yeah, because... Oh, it, it was great. I, I honestly, like, there's nothing that... I. Wild horses could not keep me away from a performance like that. It was so good. But, and, and we've touched on this before, far too polite an audience. Ah, oh, no. Th- do you know what? There are a lot of children there. Wrong crowd. It's rude. It's rude to be polite at Cabaret. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking no. about the, the Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid was great. <laughs> I, thought, I really thought you were just saying there's 
people were too polite, too, the little which I thought I, I did think that they weren't reacting very much. No, I thought it was really funny, but yeah, you have to be, you have to be a bit rude at cabarets and it's actually expected. It's the currency for yeah. more risky, ris- it's, sorry, risque. Yeah. It's rude to be polite. Yes. Yes. Cause when I went to the Dracula's one, they gave <clears throat> verbal permission. They were like, you are in here, get filthy, get rude, mm-hmm. like get your nastiest kind of screechiest self out and Canberrans were like zipping up their Kathmandu jackets like no thank you stuffy little weirdos <laughs> yes so anyway we went to see the little mermaid which we've been looking forward to for a little while it was so good um because you had repeatedly invited me I had expressed interest in it for a while <laughs> which I don't know if that surprised you no it, it didn't but okay. then um you're like so when are we doing little mermaid and I was like I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know and then you're like Am I just booking tickets this Saturday? And I was like, yes, thank God. <laughs> Finally, giving this floundering ship a rudder. Pun because intended. <laughs> the risk was if we didn't lock in a date, I was just going to go. Yeah, I, I really wanted to see it. Yeah, no, I'm really glad we went together. <laughs> I, I have lots of thoughts. Um, but if you're not familiar, I guess, with The Little Mermaid. Where have you been? Remake. Oh. It has been in the news a little bit. It was in the news a little bit initially because obviously you know, people who are a few kangaroos short of a top paddock Hmm. were upset that they had changed the race of a fictional fish woman uh, and made her a black woman, cast a black woman in the role. Imagine. Imagine. Having seen the film, that that had no impact on me and my enjoyment. Do you know what? I was thinking about this throughout the Mm. film and I thought it actually made more sense. It made way more sense given the setting. It made more sense. Yeah, given the setting and the kind of island vibe. Yeah, and there's a a Jamaican crab in there. Yeah, I think... So this this was a thought I had towards the end of the film when Mm. they were celebrating, Mm. like giving them the big send-off, etc. And I thought, wow, I really think that um, changing... Like like recasting mm. uh, the fictional fish woman as mm. a black woman. Also, she was a cartoon, so she wasn't even cast originally anyway. But yes, casting yes. a black woman. Exactly, right? So I thought that that really supported them to use the kind of like Islander, jamaican yes. kind of um, motifs, music. In less of a tokenistic way. And yeah. And I was like, ah, it's actually less cult- cultural. It feels less like cultural appropriation now. Yeah, to just pull it in when it's cute and fun. Exactly. And pretend it's, I don't know, Yeah, that was a reflection I had. Yeah. And <clears> she still had red hair, which is all I cared about because the nickname Red. Yeah. So... I think that made absolutely no difference. And um, as one of my friends said, if that's something that bothers you, grow up. Yeah. If you should upset, not talk to people. If you're upset by the skin color of a fictional fish woman, grow up. That is so wise. I know. Has it ever struck you that the same people making these kinds of complaints are the same people that cause, call PC woke people snowflakes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. like the- It's anyone who like feels like Bob Catter's got good ideas. Like... <laughs> We're not the snowflakes here. <laughs> We're really not. We're, we are, it actually takes tenacity and resilience to be, um, you know, be open and inclusive to everybody. Uh, like, sorry, that's come out wrong. <laughs> what I mean is... I liked it. What I mean is, like, um, to... Like, it takes, it takes a lot of bravery to stand in a world which can be full of that kind of vitriol and, like, s- snowflake, I don't know, casting bullshit. Yeah. And be like, yep. uh, actually, no. 
Yeah. We don't snaps. we don't have that. Anymore. We're not having that in here. Mm. Anyway, that was a serious moment. I know it wasn't. So we we went to see a children's film and we had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I famously don't usually watch children's films. Yes, you, yes. The you exceptions can. are um, musicals and when they're not cartoons. So this fell into both categories. Exactly. So I was there yeah. all about it. One of the so I did see the Aladdin one. I've not seen that. Oh, I I wouldn't see it again, but I found it enjoyable. Okay. It was Will Smith saved it. Okay. Basically. Yep. But yeah, so this fell into both categories. I was keen to see it. I was scared. Like my main thoughts before going into the film, I almost stopped to do a little like Westfield toilet kind of video diary for you but my main thoughts were as a child i found the little mermaid really sad and really scary really i think that's because so i found the the hans christian anderson one terribly sad okay but the cartoon one the cartoon one i found scary okay so i had a version of the little mermaid that was much more closely like based on the hans christian Mm. anderson like danish fairy tale yep and it was really like it was scary and really sad. And the walking on glass, and then everyone dies in the end. Yeah, All her she, sisters die. Yeah, and she kills herself. Yeah, because living is too hard. Yeah, literally so sad. And like the prince ends up with the wrong woman. And the cost of fitting in is so high that it absolutely tortures her, and she can't do it. Like, whew. yeah, it's yeah. And then the the Disney one. Ursula was a little bit scary, but I just used to get so upset by King Triton yelling. Uh, that would not, you would not have seen that in your household. No, people just didn't, people didn't yell in my house, mm. really. Mm-hmm. Occasionally at the dogs if they like ate a lamb or something. <laughs> and that still scared me. <laughs> I felt like I, I felt like you were tensing up in this film when King Triton was destroying her like treasure trove. That was so mean. Oh yeah, I know it was mean. But and like and I expected it because obviously it was like canon. Yes. Well, Disney canon. Yeah. Um, I expected it too. I thought he was gonna be meaner. Like I had this thought go through my head at a certain point. The first time she got in trouble, Mm. I was like, Oh, Triton's been reading gentle parenting books. (laughs) Turns out not. Otherwise the whole story falls apart. Yeah. It's all about him like But in that moment he was giving it a go. Yeah, and it was a bit scary. Yes. But I, I actually, I'm with you. I thought there was going to be more of a blow up than there was. I thought he was going to, I mean, the script, but I thought he was going to be more physically like mad. Yeah, yeah. Like physically boomy, physically king of the sea kind of. Really raging. Really raging. And he just came off as a bit pathetic. <laughs> really. So much. <laughs> I turned to you at one point. I think it was when, um, like Eric, like Prince Eric, just kept like running around from place to place. It was like, gorgeous, and like it was the bit right where he's um, running down to the the sea at yes um, nighttime, and he finds Ursula in disguise. Yes, and he's he's brought down by the siren song. Yeah, yeah. And I just turned to you and I said, if I was. Seven, seven. This would have been my favorite movie of all time. But now that I'm not seven, I cannot with the overacting. The overacting was what? <laughs> okay. So I think I have a theory about why the overacting happens. Okay. And I think it's because they have to compete with like a CGI fish. Like I think <laughs> the, yeah. the amount the voice actors have to work to animate a CGI fish and a CGI crab mm-hmm. is so high that you couldn't then have people do like nice subtle delivery 
in the same scene. I think you're right. It would be incongruous. So I think it sets the tone at quite a like high level of overacting. That's true. Like imagine like Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Yes. I think she could have gone harder. She could have, but like... (laughs) To be honest. Everything about her hugely theatrical. Yeah. Um, And so you're right. It probably would be a weird juxtaposition. Um, Zoe's had to move away from her mic to chew her Maltesers and not crunch (laughs) them into the microphone. It's mostly gone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you just like keep them in your mouth, they dissolve anyway. That's a hot tip. That is a hot tip for recording and eating Maltesers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Ursula. So you turned to me. I knew who who was playing Ursula going in. Oh, so I, I, and I told you this, I deliberately steered clear. I did, I actually didn't know about any of the press. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it. My main draw card for going was to see Melissa McCarthy do Ursula. I didn't recognize her for so long. You didn't. It, it shook me how long it took you. It, was, it wasn't until I heard, like, I, do you know what it was? It was two things that mm. happened at the same time and I realized it was her kind of like her normal voice. Yes. Slipped out at one point and her teeth. Teeth. Teeth can be... Someone once told me that... I, this was weird. I'm not going to pretend this was a normal interaction. Someone once told me my teeth reminded them of their friend. This is ringing a bell for me. Like, I remember you telling me this. How weird is that? It is an odd thing It's to a say. weird thing to happen. It's an even weirder thing to go up and share with the person whose teeth remind you of a friend. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe keep that to yourself. Maybe. Anyway, yes. So, Melissa McCarthy, I think she did an all right job. Just all right? I was, I was deeply impressed. <sighs> I don't know. Do you know what I think it was? Okay. I, she spent a really long time... It was like they were doing some sort of almost burlesque, coy kind of business before they finally revealed her full face. Oh, uh, yes. And then the reveal wasn't that interesting. Yeah, like she was just what you'd expect. And I think there has me. been a little bit of press around this because um, I saw I didn't click on them because busy. Oh, uh, because Ursula, the original was based on Divine. And I, th- well, I think I saw some just some press around like M- Melissa McCarthy defends Ursula's makeup look. Oh. So people just being like, you could have had so much fun. Yeah. With the actual look. Yeah, it could have been more impressive. Yeah. Because I just thought she looked good. Yeah, I will. Like she just had like. She looked. Yeah, she looked fine. She had like she um good. like drag queen vibes. And she had like amateur baby queen vibes. Okay, all right. I would say makeup right. wise, having as an expert who has watched a lot of RuPaul you have watched a lot over lockdown, got into RuPaul over lockdown. Um, I did I text you the other day and I said, whenever I'm watching RuPaul and my cat walks by, like, I cannot help but think that he is sashaying and shantaying on purpose. Oh, if you ever watch a cat walk, stay. yeah, mm. like work, like I just, that work is all clean. I think when I see the cat during RuPaul. Anyway, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy went hard in the songs. Mm, yeah. I think she went hard when she hit peak villain. Okay. Like at the end. Yes. But do you know who I was really impressed by? Oh, okay, yeah. I. It was the woman playing Fakers. I don't know how to explain this. Fake Ursula. Ah, oh, okay. The actress so, playing the disguise of yeah, Ursula yeah. on land when she disguised herself as a pretty woman. She was nuts. Yeah, I turned to you and said, she's unhinged. She's terrifying. She's really scary. That woman is so scary. And it was the kind of scary acting where you're like, holy f- freak. This woman's scary in real life. Yeah, like she's 
cat shit crazy. Like something has happened. Like who hurt you? Yeah. Like it's amazing. But Bow like, down. Oh, but honey, are you all right? But to be able to bring that out of your body so viscerally, like sh- she's an angry woman. Oh, yeah. She, she could be perfectly lovely. I don't know. But no, nah, but I was scared. It's, she's got the potential and we know it. I was scared. I think after Ursula jumps into the ocean with Ariel, I just was like, that was perfectly executed. Oh, so good. Yeah, you were. You were so good. <laughs> I want to touch briefly on Sebastian. Yes. Yep. Okay. Because I think I've told this story on the pod before, but as a child playing in the swimming pool, the local swimming pool, which was a common after school kind of pursuit. True. Walking straight over from the primary school, absurdly choosing to wear our bathers all day from the start of the day so that you wasted no time getting changed in the no, afternoon. because you're in the pool first. You want to get straight in the you're water. You're in the pool at 3.12. You've suffered. You've suffered all day in your sweaty, sticky, disgusting bathers. It's the millennium drought. It hasn't rained for 10 years. I'm not even sure what rain is at this point. Can't I think remember. alcoholism is the normal state of men. Because they're so depressed by the state of things. And we're just breathing dust. We just play on dust at school. Yeah. So we're not wasting a minute before getting into that water. Getting into the water, one girl in the friend group would not let me be a mermaid because I did not have mermaid hair. I had short hair. I had a little fro. It was cute. I won't have any further questions. It was cute. I might bring it back. I've thought about it. Um, And (laughs) the only problem is it takes 10 years to grow my hair back out. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> would not let me play mermaids because I didn't have mermaid hair. Mean. And so I had to be Sebastian. Yeah. So I've got a vested interest. In Sebastian. In Sebastian yeah. in this film. I'm waiting to see what they will do with Sebastian's character. What did you think of Sebastian? I had a similar view to you because we were, we tried to be good. but we I think tried to be good. We shared, I don't know, between like the exiting of the movie and getting in our cars to come to your house we shared very few things but one of the things you shared i really agreed to and subscribed to mm. is that initially i was not convinced i, that sebastian I wasn't was right i wasn't initially convinced either so sebastian in the live action mm. looks like what i know is a christmas island crab mm-hmm. um so my cousins grew up on christmas island they were sent pictures of these crabs um cute he was really cute I wasn't entirely sure. He he came into his own as it went. Yes. He became, I would say, the MVP. Oh, he absolutely was holding things together. Which is as it should be. Yeah. If you're not holding film together with a fictional crab. CGI <laughs> Jamaican crab. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, Go back to film school. If, yeah, exactly. Isn't that film 101? Day one, fictional Jamaican crabs. That's what I heard. CGI craps. But the first line that started to convince me, and I don't know why this was so funny, but it was just when he, he'd just been asked by Triton to uh, supervise Ariel mm. full time and he's scuttling away and he's just like, I'm not going to do an accent because be racist. Um, but he just was like, how much can one crustacean do? Followed by this line, um, I'm an educated crustacean. <laughs> <laughs> Which cracked me right up. I was sold on that. (laughs) I think every time something happens at work where we're doing something that we're like wildly overqualified for or someone's just adding to our plate and then telling us to get a bigger plate, my brain now is going to be like, I'm I'm an educated crustacean. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Or whenever people, like misguided, well-meaning people are like, can you tutor my kid for $12 an hour? How much can one crustacean do? I'm an educated crustacean. <laughs> <laughs> you can't afford me. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other highlight, which you suspect was ad-libbed. Mm. I do. I do. Is my that- my first like gut reaction was that wasn't in a script and she ad-libbed that. Because the script was be- below par. Oh, like, and it's not like they had nothing to go on. No. It copied the original film. It did. It was very faithful to the original film. A lot of the opening lines were straight from the original film. Yeah. Like, don't be such a guppy. Yes. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. So I had an initial, like, strong nostalgia vibes because they kept a lot of that script. The latest script, though, was a, it's a bit awkward. It was a bit insane. It was a bit weird. Yeah. There were lots of things we were like, oh, I don't know about that. But there was there was a particular line that I was really sold on. That was on. so good. Um, so it happens in the scene where Ursula is um, transforming Ariel into a human. Um, and, you know, she's doing her big, like, chaotic song and dance. Poor Unfortunate Souls. Amazing. And Ariel has just been transformed and, you know, when she's, like, gasping for air because she obviously can't breathe underwater anymore, she's no longer a mermaid. Yes. She's got to get to the surface ASAP. Stop. Right? And as she's swimming off into the distance, Ursula <laughs> goes, look at her stupid little legs. I mean, no, sorry. No, no. Look at her stupid little feet. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> she just said it. I swear. I swear she said it in her own voice. Yeah, it was Melissa McCarthy. It was just like... It wasn't even Ursula, it was just Melissa McCarthy. And when you think about the logistics of how they filmed that, right? Like, she's not underwater looking at someone's feet yeah, swim no, away. She's not looking. She's imagining that someone is has transformed in front of her and swam away. Yeah. <laughs> Look at her stupid little feet. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Like, I... It just went around and around and around in my head. It was so incongruous <laughs> with the rest of the script. <laughs> Because it was funny. <laughs> it was so good. The other thing that you might not expect from this film that does happen. And there's a few things I want to touch on. One of them, you were not so into the overacting. No. I was into it because there was a distinct lens on this film that was very like period drama, kind of like Colin Firth should have been in it wet and shirtless. God, we wish. Like that was very, there were that, that was kind of the vibe, and I dug it. There were kind of landscape scenes of him in his little cheesecloth shirt and his undone waistcoat, just just depressed, walking down a road with no other souls in sight. He was just flopping his body around. Yeah, there was yeah. a moment where like some goats got in the way, and he had to try and <laughs> help herd them off the track, which he was useless at. Yeah, you turned to me and you're like, he did not help at all. Literally, all he did was like touch a few goats on the back. Like, he didn't. Yeah. He was absolutely no help He's to the goat man. He's not been helpful. And this confirms my belief that I have a second calling. Say more. I think if I could do any other job, if I couldn't teach, if someone tomorrow was like, you're not allowed to teach anymore, mm-hmm. teaching's not for you, but you can pick a niche profession, this is what I would do. I would be an agricultural consultant for film. Oh. And I, because, do you know what ruins a film for me? When, okay, yeah. when a hunk yeah. is, you know, meant to be building a fence and he is banging in a fence post sideways. Yeah, you're like, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. Even I know how to fence. When he's moving hay and clearly doing his back in. 
Oh, yeah. You can't sustain that for the next 60 years. When he's chopping wood in a way that would be completely ineffectual were that wood and not styrofoam. Do you know, I notice things like that in films too. Having me right in. split a lot of wood in my day. Does me right. Oh. Yeah. When, he's, when that's meant to be your romantic interest, I'm, like, I'm looking at that going, okay, so as soon as we hit 41... Like, I'm looking after this man who's ruined his back. He's crippled. Or we're going cold because there's no wood. And I'm the Hulk from doing all the manual labor myself. Yeah. That's not the future I want with this man and I'm out. No, thanks. And it's no longer working for me. So, as soon as that goat scene happened, I was it reaffirmed for me that an agricultural consultant is something film actually needs. <laughs> yes. I, do you know what? I'm going to subscribe to that and support you in your dream. Genuinely needs. It's usually not so bad when they have... Big scenes of herds of animals because usually they have an actual farmer who's helping move those animals just for those scenes. But when they have like montages of the sexy dude doing the farm stuff, it's usually terrible. Yeah. Like they're not swinging a mattock correctly. No, they're not. Like you just wouldn't. (coughs) It's just something that you just like factually wouldn't do. Like you'd never do that. You'd never do that in spring. No. That's an autumn job. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the one thing that ruined my suspension of disbelief. Except I'll allow it for this one reason. He is a prince. So he doesn't know, but he's trying to be good. He is a prince who's trying to help. He's actually not had the experience with goats. Okay, that's fair enough. Had it been a farmer and you were meant to suspend disbelief of a farmer doing the work, no go. I'm totally out under that circumstance. Do you know where I was not able to suspend disbelief? (laughs) I do, but tell us. Tell the (laughs) listeners. Okay, so if you're familiar with the original film, Scuttle is like some kind of seabird. Yes. Um, And he identifies human objects for Ariel. Um, Is Scuttle a he in this film? I don't know. I think it was unclear. Okay. In the original, he was... Yeah. It was implied he was a he. Yeah. Yeah, he, I think, because they would say he. Okay. Um, so he'd identify things like forks, yes. for example, being a dingle hopper. Misidentify them. Misidentify. Lovely source of comedy. Yeah. Fantastic. And that's a little bit why in the song she's like, I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. It's not because she doesn't know what they're called. It's because she's been told that's what they are. Yeah. She thinks it's a gizmo, a gadget, a who's yeah. it, what's it. Yeah. yeah. Facts. Facts. Um, Law, canon Canon, Disney canon Canon bitches <laughs> um, Okay, and so this is where I, I had to just like disengage my brain for a second Yes Because I was like, nah, I'm yeah. off this So the first time we meet Scuttle mm. um, as a character in the film mm. is uh, Flounder and Ariel are close to the surface They're at some kind of reef um, They've got the fork mm. um, Which is about to be identified as a dinglehopper mm. And Scuttle enters the water, like flies in as a seabird, flies in, yes. catches a fish, eats a fish, like flies back out, eats the fish, comes back underwater, then spends several minutes <laughs> underwater. <laughs> Yapping talk, away. Talking. Just to having a chat. Ariel and Flounder. Having, having an old a, chinwag. Having a chat, having a chinwag, like flapping, their, flapping yeah. his beak. This is a scuba bird. Like... Not a thing. He's not, he's not gone up for air. Several minutes having a conversation. Yeah, no. And they- then at the end of the conversation says, right, need to go back up for some air. <laughs> and I was like, I call bullshit on all of You've this. You've drowned. You are in fact dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing I'll briefly say about that same scene <laughs> is in that scene, Flounder, who's a bit um, initially nervous of things, but loyal to Ariel. Uh, 
is scared of everything. Flounder, she's like, it's all right, Flounder. It's just Scuttle. Flounder gets scared by something entering the water. It's Scuttle mm. there to catch a fish. And she's like, it's all right, Flounder. It's just Scuttle catching a fish. Flounder's an effing fish. Flounder has every right to be scared. And he's not nearly as chubby and cute as the animated version. He is a skinny boy. He's literally just seen, like, like I would say, this if this beast. were in, in real space, mm. less than a meter away, he has seen one of his friends, one of his kin, victimized, slaughtered, slaughtered, and cannibalized. And Ariel's like, chill out, Flando. Don't be such a guppy. Don't be such a prude. It's just it's, murder. Don't worry. It's just Scuttle murdering one of your friends. Chill out. <laughs> yeah, nah. Heartless. Yeah, so we call bullshit on a few things that happened in that scene. <laughs> I think the film got better as it went and that also got worse at the very end. Yeah, okay. So the end was miraculously terrible <laughs> um what i really enjoyed and i hoped that they would do it justice was the scene where ursula becomes supersized yeah they happened, really did it so well. it happens in the og film yeah yeah and i was like are they gonna do it are they gonna they do did. it and it wasn't i heard exact- you go yes yes they weren't it wasn't quite exactly the same um and weirdly instead of turning triton into like um some kind of sea worm in the yeah. garden he just like randomly died and came back to life yes that was weird unexplained mm. still unexplained it was very odd uh and anyway the whole thing was like that was all a bit weird but i loved her being supersized and absolute chaos what i am still not sure about yeah so you know where she like creates a maelstrom like a yes. vortex yeah and ariel is suddenly on this ship that's like yes been resurrected yes. from the depths of the sea i have the same thoughts about this go on and Suddenly she's just like, it's like in one place and then she manages to steer it and move it. Yeah. My other thought is Eric is attached to a ship that is randomly just in the one place because he's not moving anywhere. I thought he might have been stuck on a reef. Yes, that is what it looked like. But he was meant to be stuck off like the bow of the ship. It was very confusing. It was very confusing because they were on different ships. I thought she was trying to save him from the ship that he was on, but they were on different ships. They were on different ships, and then instead of saving him, they like there was some like fucking Jack and Rose Titanic bullshit. There was where she just like impales Ursula with a ship, and then swims to the bottom of the sea, and he has got to get himself to shore. Yeah, like see you, Eric, bye on your bike. The impaling Ursula, I wasn't sold on. I'm not convinced that would kill her because the ship got remarkably bigger comparatively to Ursula. Yes, initially the size of this ship compared to Ursula, who'd become enormous. Mm. The ship would have been like getting a splinter, and the mast of the yeah. ship into Ursula. And suddenly it was but the size of her abdomen. Then it pierces her through the heart like staking a vampire, kills her miraculously. And like you don't actually see what happens to her, just like the trident falls to the bottom of the and ocean. And then we follow the trident. And the trident magic brings Ooh, back King dead Titan. daddy who had actually turned into ash. Yeah, it was underwater. He turned into ash like he dissolved. Yeah, like, can that even happen? I like, don't know. I think if he'd have... I There were other ways you could have done this. Turned him into, bear with me, like a sea sponge. Well, in the OG film, he becomes one of those garden worm things. Yeah, so I yeah. think he could have become like a shrunken something. sponge, like something firm yeah. or some coral, some dead coral. Yeah. Because they have a little bit of a kind of uh, global warming type, humans are terrible for the environment yeah. message early on that they didn't return to. No, they didn't come back to it. 
which I thought they were going to in the end. I thought they were, that was going to be the takeaway message was mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, we're off to educate people about how not to ruin coral reefs. Yeah, look after the sea. Because they went so hard on that in the opening. Yeah. I thought it may it must be going to come back. Because it really demonized the humans, but it was a platform for like environmentalism. Yeah, but no, it didn't come back at all. And it really just left me... I was having this thought at the end. I was like, okay, so what's the moral of this story? Because for me, the takeaway is sometimes you need to accidentally kill your daddy to realize you love him, then bring him back to life. I think that you've probably (laughs) probably nailed it. Is that? Because I I think that the moral is a bit conflicting too. It it was a bit hard to deduce. Because I could, I felt like they were trying, because in the OG, it's, it's a different time. It's early 90s. Absolutely different time. And, you know, this kind of idea of, you know, like it, the patriarchy, like idea is really strong in the film. Like, you know, it kind of stayed strong in this one. Yeah. Which is why I was like, okay, are they trying to draw attention to it and then like subvert it somehow? But then they didn't subvert it enough. Cause I thought yeah. the message was, I initially thought the message was going to be the global warming angle mm-hmm. or the human in, impact on the environment mm-hmm. angle. Then I thought the message was going to be effectively the one about parenting. Yeah, but even that, like it was... But they didn't pull it off. Loose at best. They didn't pull it off. Like he... Oh, his kid accidentally had him killed because he kept her on too tight a leash because he loved her, which is... I like. I guess that's, I guess that's a thing that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, working with young people, that's a thing. That's a way some parents go. Mm-hmm. Is that I want to protect, I want to shield, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then often that does happen. They just find out the hard way that the kid will seek out whatever the mm. experience is and you'll just not get to be involved and help guide them. But they didn't pull that message off. No. And they also tried to, like, they tried to sort of marry this idea of the humans are evil. They had two angles for this. Mm. One was the, like, the destruction of the ocean with mm-hmm. all the crap they litter. Yeah. And the other was the killing of Ariel's mother. Yeah. Which, like, it it was a kind of a very small plot point yes. in its own right. But in order to support the overall plot of don't go to the surface. Yes. It was very weak yeah so the the plot point was he's strict on ariel because he views all humans as a threat because Mm. they a destroy their homes Mm. of the ocean and b a human killed ariel's mother his wife yeah and so therefore he's paint tarred them all with the same brush if you will she says well just because one person does that doesn't mean they're all like that surely so it's kind of this almost diversity angle like take people for who they are don't don't make assumptions, don't make generalizations. We can't blame everyone for one person's actions kind of thing, which harks back to a little bit of like, that was an important message. And in some contexts, it's still going to be an important message. But that was a that was a hard message to get across. I would say post 9-11, hmm. like one person's action doesn't represent a whole group was some people could not get their head around that. No. Some people would have needed The Little Mermaid to help them get their head around that. But also the, this film did not... They were, didn't pull it off. There were aspects of it... That it, there were other parts of the film where they didn't pull this off either. So, um, the, the wild reversal of yeah. opinion of the, the queen mom. on the land, yeah. where in one scene where Ariel turns back into a mermaid and Ursula captures her, etc., mm. she says to Eric, 
I told you this is the work of the sea gods. Mm. They're all evil. Everyone there is evil. Like they, they, they're out to get us. They're out to get us. They want to undo us. Yeah. The very next scene that she's in is yeah. with Ariel getting married to Eric, and she's in love, and she loves it. There's, or is there one in between? There's one in between where she says to him, and they go back to the parenting thing. He's like, "Oh, it was all my, all my mistake." Mm. So they've had the big confrontation in the sea. And instead of coming back to shore with him, Ariel's gone down and had a talk with her dead dad who comes back to life. Yeah. If you're not following this, that's not on you. The plot was insane. (laughs) So. For a a movie, a film that was based on another film. Yeah. It's insane that the plot did not fit together. Like a well-established plot. It's crazy. This movie. So there was one scene in between. He comes back to shore. Because he's gone to the ocean and he's like, I'm not leaving without her. We're meant to be together. Mm-hmm. This is a story of true love. She chooses to go down and see her dead dad who comes back to life instead of going to shore mm-hmm. with him. Leaves him, like you said, Jack and Rose style, like floating, holding onto a bit of driftwood. He washes up on shore and his mom goes, like, I'm really sorry I didn't take your feelings seriously. What you felt was real, but it just can never be. And for a brief moment, I thought, is this the end? that they actually just can't overcome this divide. And that that would be... That would be an interesting... Because I said to you... Um, I, I think I said to you, the end. Yeah. And because I thought, ah, here's the plot twist. They can't overcome the like adversity and the difference. Mm. Um, or the cost of the difference, like yeah. Hans Christian Andersen style. Yeah. Instead of having her have to like end her life. Because it's a throwback to the original story. Yeah. yeah. Like the... They both realize that the cost of trying to overcome the difference or mm. be together despite the difference is more than they can tolerate and choose their family, which would be valid. Absolutely. And I was I was curious to see if that would that that was where things went. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, the way this whole film's gone, I've not expected this curveball. But turns out that curveball didn't exist. No, it was a, it was a teaser. <laughs> it was like a red herring curveball for like a better end to the. So film. what we needed was like, <laughs> if you are not here with a child, leave now. This mm. is the end for you. Yep. This is the moral for you. Yeah. Switch your brain off. You can go on your phone for the next probably <laughs> six to seven minutes because after that it's just shit. As it was, they just <laughs> couldn't pick their message. They couldn't decide if their contemporary spin was the the environmental spin, if it was the parenting kind of teen development into adulthood spin if it was the societal constraints spin if it was the diversity and overcoming difference but they just couldn't decide and it it all uh, became mush i don't know how a film that had so much media hype and so much attention and money in it can wind up like that anyway the guy was hot so we had a nice time oh oh boy eric and i almost said to you mid-film i was like there's some science that says that humans find wet humans much hotter than dry humans <laughs> and i'm pretty explore sure that's where that. mermaids come from okay explore this <laughs> it's just science that says that you take a regular you take me right now and you ask people to rate me like an attractiveness right now and then you dump a bucket of water over my head retake the photos and get them to rate again and they will think i'm hotter when i'm wet physically in my entire body just for clarity's sake really yes okay I am going to disagree. I'm going to be an outlier on this um, spreadsheet. You don't think a wet human's hot? No. In fact, oh, I, I'm the You didn't opposite. think he was cute when he was wet and he's like, no, cheesecloth had gone see-through? No, nah, I wanted him dry again. <laughs> you wanted to tell that boy off immediately. He's going to get a chill. I was like, excuse me, can you not be so like damp right now? <laughs> you're, you're, you're really like ruining my disbelief. Yeah, my lips are going to be all chapped. You're salty. Literally. <laughs> 
literally, <laughs> as Lirita would say. As Lirita would. She'll love that literally. shout out. <laughs> um, literally. So maybe we should end there. Anyway. Do you like your men salty and wet? Tom Un- doesn't. Unconfirmed. <laughs> I think more more information is required. Um, but anyway, my hot tip is if you're going to try and send a seductive photo, do it straight after a shower. Wash your hair first. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a hot tip. I will consider embracing that. Um, to lure other people in. To lure people in. Yeah, but you're not embracing it on the viewer side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed our chaotic review of The Little Mermaid. Yeah. We Look, thanks for coming on that journey with us. If you're confused, so are we. <laughs> <laughs> but it was visually pretty. It was like it was nice. And not all of the songs I enjoyed, but lots <gasps> of them either. I did. I have one final thought. Oh, share the it. The whole film, I was like, who does she sound like? Like, if oh. I shut my eyes, who does the woman playing Ariel sound like? Have you figured it out? It's Hilary Duff. No. Really? Go and have a re-listen to a clip on YouTube. She, close your eyes. It's You can picture Lizzie McGuire saying those lines. I'm going to try again. Yeah. That's hot. <laughs> Adios. Adios. Bye.